carving out that personal time can be so, so difficult. But I realized that the human that I want, the human that I want to be, the human I want my kids to remember, the legacy I want to cast to my kids is the one that takes care of all facets of myself and that personal health and wellness was so important. Welcome to the Power Mom Minute. I'm your host, Stephanie Uchima-Carney, and I'm a modern day business mama who believes you can have it all. This podcast is all about going behind the scenes of the lives and businesses of successful moms in business in order to uncover the daily rituals, life lessons, real life tactics, and favorite tools that you as a mom can use to apply to your daily life and business. It is my mission to educate, empower, and inspire moms like yourself to build your dream business while having the freedom and flexibility to enjoy life to the fullest. Power Moms, it's time to rule the world. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Power Mom Minute. Today I'm bringing you one of the most productive and organized women and moms I've ever met, Natalie Gingrich. Natalie is the founder and host of The Ops Authority and has been in operations for two decades, either in healthcare, corporate America, or as an entrepreneur. Her goal is to bridge the gap and overwhelm when it comes to processes and systems, growing a team, and setting up solid business foundations. She spent 15 years in corporate operations and leadership at a Fortune 150 company. When given the opportunity to leave, she put the knowledge, certifications, and experience to work by creating her own consulting firm, as well as the certification program. Natalie's podcast, The Ops Authority, is one that I listen to religiously, trying to learn all that I can about how to streamline, simplify, and organize my business operations. On the home front, she is the mom to two teenagers, and while she isn't in the chaos of toddlerdom tantrums and baby life, she is definitely faced with new and different challenges daily. So without further ado, I welcome Natalie. That was super fun. (laughs) Thanks so much for having me, Stephanie. It's awesome to be here. Every conversation I've had with you has been so inspirational and educational that I had to bring you on to really talk to all of these moms out there. I can't wait. I guess to start, I want you just to tell us a little bit about your family life, what that looks like, and then touch on your business. Awesome. So I am married. We have been married. We actually have been together since we were 19, which some days it feels like <laughs> yesterday and other days it feels like forever ago, but we've been together for over 20 years and we have two kids. We have, I have a 14 year old and an 11 year old and boy, girl. So that's what we look like at home. We <laughs> reside in Texas. And so we've kind of lived all over the place as a couple. And then we came here and kind of got we grew up. <laughs> wow. And so we've been here ever since. And from a business perspective, I run the Ops Authority and really work with helping businesses that are scaling, that are growing in business and trying to remove themselves and are really just looking for more ease, coming back to what it is that their passion is and stripping away some of the hard parts of business by, by bridging that and bringing in systems and processes and people. So were you running this company? How long have you been doing this? You said about like, I've I've been on my own for four years. Okay. So you started this company when your kids were finally in school. Mm -hmm. What made you kind of take that leap and how does your life look now versus it did in the very beginning? (laughs) Awesome. So I was in corporate and I honestly thought I would always be in corporate. I will definitely the stigma of the court, the person 
climbing the corporate ladder had Natalie written all over it. So I never expected to leave. I was serving as the chief of staff for a CEO of this big company. And he retired. And when he retired, he brought in a new staff. And so I was given the opportunity to basically go work for somebody else inside of this business, or obviously the other option was to walk away. And it was an easier choice than I ever thought it would be. I had never even considered stepping away from corporate, but when the opportunity presented itself, it was just one of those things that I was, I looked around and I wasn't feeling awesome about the way I was momming. (laughs) And so I really just thought, you know what, let's see what we can do. Like I had been at the company for a long time. I would have a really nice severance. And so I knew financially for a little bit, we could get by with, you know, the, the lump sum that I would walk away with. But the biggest driver for that was that my kids weren't getting the best of me. A lot of times they were getting the only thing I had left, which was not the best, was totally the worst. And they were at ages where they were just, I knew I was losing them, if you will. I mean, I know that you've got babies or young kids with you right now, but as they grow, you know, they do step into their own independence and they start needing less of me. And I just kept thinking, oh my goodness, if these are the last days that I have with them, like real rich, deep days, I don't want them to think of me as the mom who's only in the corporate, you know, the corporate mom. I wanted them to see a different side of me. So we, as a couple, Jess and I just made the challenge to ourselves that we would try this for two years and see how it worked out. And I was raised by an entrepreneur. And so I, and I've always had so many side businesses. It's ridiculous and it's comical. So when I stepped out, it wasn't too, too hard to get something going, but the biggest blessing in all of it has been the way that I've been able to transform as being the leader of my children and, you know, obviously a co-leader to the family. Right. Kind of paint us a picture of what your mommy life, because you said, you know, I wasn't mommying the way you wanted to. Mommy mm-hmm. life during the time you were at corporate versus mm-hmm. what your days look like now. Because I know in one of your podcast episodes, you mentioned you spent about 17 hours a week driving. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I can't even spend two hours in my car a day, yet alone mm-hmm. 17 hours a week. So paint a picture of, you know, what was your life look like when you were working in corporate, your mom's mm-hmm. stuff versus now? And what are the things that you really prioritize now? as a mom and running a business? Yeah, this is a great question. And it's so getting to like my core (laughs) beliefs that I really wasn't, the reason I was having that resistance while I was in corporate is because I really wasn't walking in the way that I wanted to. And so thanks so much for asking such a thoughtful question. But when I was in corporate, I, when we talk about momming, I was doing, you know, I was, I was your, I'm a high achiever. Just naturally, I'm a high achiever. I'm going to get all the things done. But a lot of times, I was getting them done in spite of myself. So it was, you know, coming home, being super grumpy, being stressed, being, you know, pressed for deadlines at work, coming home and trying to create balance, which I know is an ominous statement, but really trying to come home and be that high achiever at home and a high achiever in the workspace. And they had no, the the identity between the two, there was a broken identity. Like they're Mm -hmm. two completely different human beings. And you know, we were paying people to, I, we, the last year that I was in corporate, we had paid almost $23,000 for someone to drive my kids to practices. So they're both very athletic. They're both, um, in, you know, select and, and 
you know, extracurricular activities. So they, we've allowed that. That's one of my biggest dreams. Cause I, you know, I, I didn't have these opportunities growing up in a small town and, you know, just different economics. So I didn't have these. So of course, as a mom, like I want to provide this, I've got a great salary in corporate. So they got really involved in a bunch of, in, in two or three sports together, not separate. Cause I would go <laughs> real crazy and real broke, <laughs> but not just that we were working super late. I mean, my husband was in research at the time and I was, you know, an executive. And so getting out at five o'clock, like punching a clock was not necessarily ever going to happen when you're supporting senior leaders. Like I was, I mean, sometimes if you're getting ready for a board meeting, it's 10, 11 oh, o'clock yeah, at night. Exactly. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> they don't care who's at home for me. So anyway, the, it just, it really compiled to really me not showing up for the kids and not being present with them. And when they got me, I was gross. I was grumpy. I was, you know, I was nasty and negative and they weren't getting what they deserved. And so obviously moved home, came, when I say moved home, moved (laughs) (laughs) from work in corporate to working in my own space. And that first summer, I just, I literally did what I always wanted to do, which is kind of live that Pinterest lifestyle (laughs) that looks so fun. And we came home, we had the best three months. Absolutely. I mean, it was just an amazing time. At the end of that three months, I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to do something here because this cannot continue. So I feel you. It's like this, it's this teeter totter of you want to really work, but then, oh my goodness, if you work too much, it's Mm -hmm. again, balance. Yes. Did your kids notice a big difference between, I guess, the way you showed up to them back when you were in corporate versus that summer or did they notice or they were just like, ah, it's summer. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, Stephanie, I don't believe they've never come to me and said like, I like you this way, or I like you that way. I think a lot of it was just me because they don't know what they don't know. I mean, True. they've only been raised with two working parents. And so they, you know, they could compare me to their friends who have one person at home and, you know, one in the traditional workspace, but um, no, they've, they've never really come to me. I know that today the way it looks mm-hmm. is in my space today, I work pretty much from 10 o'clock in the morning to three or four every day. The kids come home around well, starting at that time. And then literally that's when the seven hours start, <laughs> or excuse me, the 17 hours a week start because we live kind of out in the country. So I'm having to drive into town every single day, multiple trips, um, taking the kids to their different sports, but I get to do that now. And the, what I was craving when I left corp, I couldn't see it for myself right then. I just knew I wanted to be around the kids at the same time I had, well, completely separately. I had no idea that today, this is, this is why it all worked out this way so that I could have all of these hours in the car with these two teenagers who are, you know, I am losing them. Like the reality today is they're slipping away. I mean, they are growing up They're They're establishing their independence. They, they need less of me. I don't have to feed them. Like I literally think I could leave this house for three days without it burning down. So, um, so the time I get in the car with them is the only real quality time, you know, laying down and snuggling with my son at 14 is just not going to happen. <laughs> so, exactly. Or it could get awkward. <laughs> I try. Trust me. I try. I know. I've been savoring all those moments. My son is four and I will literally lay there and he's like, mommy, you can leave. I'm like, no, I don't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, 
so driving them is like a big priority. Well, not driving, but spending mm-hmm. time with them in that aspect is a big priority in your week. And I know you mentioned something on your podcast episode that I really liked was about, you know, prioritizing what's the most important, but also making sure that you don't take those things that are super important and take um, over your own time too. So like putting something in place of the white space that you have for yourself. And so I'm wondering on your list of priorities for the week or for Mm -hmm. you, what are kind of your personal priorities? Right. So a a few minutes ago, I mentioned that I start work at 10 o'clock in the morning. And when I first start, you know, I reinvested and I got super heavily invested into building this brand and this business. So I was that typical hustler, that typical early business hustler who is trying to make it all work. And again, I got into the habit or to the routine where I was burning the candle at both ends. And so early morning, late nights, not laying the kids down, which was super disappointing because I knew the difference. I knew what I wanted and I had let it all slip because of some arbitrary goals that really the world, you know, the internet was telling me these, you know, big icons were telling me. So I had to, you know, there's a whole other story there where I really had to get into alignment of what was important to Natalie and not mm-hmm. let the, and to my family and, and not necessarily what's working with people who don't have kids, who don't have teenagers, who don't live in the country, who don't have a spouse at work. Like there are so many different things that make us all so in our situations so unique. but. That's how I got to working from sun up to sundown. Now, when we had that reality check, and it did take my husband to come in and say, Hey, like, sister, <laughs> we need more of you. And it's really for the kids, but I'm, definitely he needed more of me too, because I mean, we're a couple, like, to keep this healthy, we actually have to talk. And when you're working <laughs> from sun up to sundown, that doesn't happen. So, because ironically, you are working almost more than corporate. I was still able to drive them. So I wasn't working more because I was losing those six hours throughout the day, but still like I was making up for it at night and I wasn't healthy. I wasn't going to bed at a good hour. So the end result of that was it was a poor Natalie. And so I had to work really hard. I know this sounds silly, but if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, you understand this, like carving out that personal time can be so, so difficult. But I realized that the human that I want, the human that I want to be, the human I want my kids to remember, the legacy I want to cast to my kids is the one that takes care of all facets of myself. And that personal health and wellness was so important, whether it's mental, whether it's, you know, whatever that looks like for you. I'm not a big journaler, but the reason I pushed my starting time back to 10 o'clock was to make sure that if I wanted to be lazy, that was the time after I get my kids to school, that's my discretionary time. It's up to me on how I use that. And honestly, in my picturesque, in my idealistic mind, I say, oh, Natalie goes and works out here. She journals, she cooks a healthy breakfast. Like that's picture perfect, but that's not the way it really is. So, you know, when times when I need to lean into when I'm like right now, I'm super motivated to exercise. And so I've been using that time to get out and to, you know, I I walk or run every single day, but right after I take the kids home, I come back, I get ready and I cook breakfast. But at different times I will, you know, set up brunches or breakfast with friends and really when I'm wanting that connection. So I've just been tried, I've been trying to tune in to what is important for Natalie and having that time before my workday starts to make sure that I'm fueling that before work and the kids come home. So, cause once that happens, I know that once I open my laptop, forget about it. <laughs> right. So that's your yes. non-negotiable 
thing. Do you put that now? I know you color code your Google calendar. I'm kind of the same way. I, I my colors are, it looks like a rainbow of things on my Google calendar. Do you schedule in your own self time or do you just mentally block out? Like, how do you make sure that you do not like, you don't lean into that and say, Oh, well, it's, you know, I do have that free time. I, I guess I could do this or mm-hmm. let me run these errands or do whatever it is, but not prioritize yourself. Do you schedule it out? How do you make sure it happens? Yeah, it's definitely in my schedule. And I have my scheduler for work, the way that people can schedule meetings with me, it's blocked off in the same way. So actually no one sees any opportunity to meet with me right. before 10 o'clock. And Honestly, I don't schedule any of my own personal appointments between eight and 10 either. I did make the mistake at the beginning by saying, oh, this is my personal time and I'll just go you know, to the doctor or I'll go schedule a dentist appointment or whatever appointments could possibly pop up. Now, if it's a massage or something like that where it's more self-care, yes, but I don't, I don't schedule the kids orthodontics appointments during that time. Like I try to hold that time as sacred as possible because I know once you get out of that, everything else takes over. And then all of a sudden right. I'm not a priority and I'm not showing up the way it's I It's a slippery slope. So Fast. do you have a morning routine? Like before, like the minute you wake up, what is like the first 20 minutes of your day look like? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be straight <laughs> up here. Oh, please don't give me some like, oh, I get up. I yes. don't know. I, no. You know. <laughs> no, I have those visions. <laughs> I have those visions. I have never once in my life in 43 years have I ever woken <laughs> up and journaled. So... <laughs> I don't know why I think that vision is attainable. So re- real talk is we, I stay up really late. I'm a night owl and I love, I have this like burst of productivity in the evening and it's not work related, but it's like house projects. Like I'm literally like, it's, it's silliness. And sometimes it's just scrolling and being, you know, doing, you know, 2019 things, but I totally am the exact same way. And when I was looking at your personality profiles and everything, it's actually crazy. We have a lot of similarities. Mm. Um, I think you said you're an ESTJ. I'm an ESTP like there or ESF. I can't remember what it was, but there were a lot of few things that were kind of the same. Uh And I'm like, I totally relate to that. Uh Pinterest at nine at 9 p.m. or whatever right. that is. Right. So honestly, the first couple minutes of my day, I've stayed up too late at night. So I get up. We we get up around 630 because my kids are at school at around 7, 730. And so uh, I get up and it's like pedal to the metal, sister. It's like, get up, brush your teeth, brush your hair, put your clothes on. Let's go. I may be able to slip in a load of laundry or like moving clothes from the washer to the dryer. I do try to get an like an, a, a household chore done between before eight o'clock. So that's, that's also like another little goal I try to have every single day, whether that's, you know, dishes or laundry. What area of your life then do you leave messy in order to accommodate other things? Cause I know, I mean, as a person who's a high achiever, you want to do it all, but you can't do it all. And so what do you think is the one thing that you leave kind of messy in your life in order to, that you don't prioritize? So when I'm on my game, which is really, this is just not attainable for me in my life. And it's not important. Really what you're asking is like, yeah. what do you, what do you deprioritize? Right. I don't worry about making, having a perfect bedroom. Like I want to do that. And when I have my ish together, you know, I'll make my bed, but the messy, I never, I hardly ever make my bed. <laughs> the crazy thing is I will go into my kids' rooms. Like if I'm throughout the day and I'll at least like make their beds look presentable, which is silly because mine is never made, but that's the house stuff and working in the house. I thought I was going to go crazy because I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I can be 
pretty well driven on lots of different <laughs> things, but working in the house has, it has not made me like fanatical about cleaning the house. And so I was curious because you're such, you know, you're very organized and, you know, being operations, I was curious what you leave messy. Cause some people it's super hard to leave anything. <laughs> so like d- there are dishes in my sink this morning, right. Or right now, as we're recording from this morning, like it's not, I, yeah. I, I just, if I wanted to hop in and get this done, there's no way. So there is a way. I just haven't made it that way because I didn't want to wake up at six in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So And so do you currently, and you can answer this if you want, like pay for any help or, you know, whether it's someone to also help with pickups or drop-offs or yes. a cleaning lady, do you have external help besides the team that you have in your business? Absolutely. And I will give you a sneak peek into what I'm doing and what I committed to earlier this week. But for a long, I mean, since I was in corporate, of course, there was a a shift in income when I left corporate and came home while I was in corporate and we had excess money and discretionary income. We had someone coming in every single week to clean the house. And for a while there, we pulled back on that from every week to every other week. And be, working in, in the house, I, I give myself about 15 minutes every single day to do like one little chore around the house. And we have maintained every other week, someone coming in and cleaning the house. And I highly, highly encourage it. You know, recently I've started leaving when they come clean the house, I've started leaving the house. So the, it's crazy. The shift in like not working in my house, the shift in productivity. So that's been kind of interesting to me. It's really kind of made me think about co-working and, and whatnot. But so yes, we do that. But the other thing that I'm committed to is bringing on a personal assistant because I lose mm-hmm. a lot of time. Like if we're talking about saving that time from eight to 10 in the morning to do me things right now, you mentioned errands. Like I have how many Amazon boxes to return because when you've got a, a, t- a teenager I'm ordering (laughs) Levi's in every size and all these weird links because he's long and lanky. And so anyway, you know, it's just, it's really the drain, like the time and the suck and the drain for me is in doing those little errands and getting and making sure that the bills are done and making sure that the PTA is donated to and making sure that all of these things that just add up over time that I could really bless somebody else with $15 an hour who would love to take care of this for me. And when you look at 15, you know, $15 an hour times 20 hours a month. Ugh. Yeah. That also, I mean, $15 you pay someone else when you could be making, if I mean, say that's during yeah. your business hours, the amount of money you can be bringing into your business by allocating just 20 hours is like mm-hmm. exponential. So right. it does make a difference. And if, doing that. Like for me, I love going to like Trader Joe's or I'm like the weird person who loves to do my own grocery shopping. And so, but that for me is a priority and something fun (laughs) for me. So I wouldn't want to pay someone to do that, but other things, oh my goodness, Amazon, I, I do not want to deal with any of that stuff. So it makes total sense. So fun fact, I have never had a service like pick up groceries for me. I love going to the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) I love going to Target. So no one's going to take that away from me. But if I had a silly exchange to do at Target or something like that, I would much rather somebody else do it. A lot of this is like scheduling and inbox man. So it's the personal assistant's going to do both inbox management, not necessarily a virtual assistant. I don't need them to know tech and tools in my business. I just need to make sure that I'm present for the right things. And my kids stuff, you know, just there's so many daily 
things that need to happen outside of the cleanliness of the house. And so yeah. I'm, I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. So going back to the business side of things, when you were starting your business, did you outsource anything, have a team get help with anything? And if so, what was that? And if not, what did you wish you could have done if you were to go back? So when I initially started, I was doing most of it myself. It probably took me literally six to eight weeks to realize that the market, the online marketing side, which I was completely foreign to, like I came from an HR and a project management background. So none of that was, I had no formal training, no learned training in it. And so I very quickly within the first quarter of starting this business, I brought on a digital marketer and she has, she's still with me today. So she has um, been an, basically the range from a business manager to a digital marketer for me for the last four years. Oh, wow. And I guess when making those decisions, I know a lot of people listening are also kind of in the startup stage or wondering, like, mm -hmm. I have to do it all. Like, you know, I have to be the mom. I have to be the entrepreneur. I have to run my business. I have to do everything. What kind of was your tipping point on allowing that to happen, allowing to bring someone in and being like, I can pay someone to do this. Like it's worth it because a lot of people say, oh no, I don't have the money. Like I can't do this. I have to wear all the hats because I can't afford to bring anyone on. Like how am I supposed to pay even someone $15 an hour? So do you have any advice there? I'm a huge believer if you can't afford it, you continue to do it yourself because there's no reason to go upside down. A lot of us get into business for financial freedom. So it's such an oxymoron when I see, and it's heartbreaking when I see the women that I'm supporting or friends with or in groups with and see them making really poor financial decisions. And, and you can make some really poor decisions by bringing on talent or team or systems or tools before you actually have to have them. And so I, I like to help people to understand when they need support by thinking of when you first start a business, you're in that hustle phase, you're excited, you're, you're committed to the outcome. You will do naturally, you want to do all the things because you're inquisitive. Once you get that going for a little bit, that's when you start to say, mm, I wonder if I could get an assistant in here. And I'm a huge proponent of bringing in a virtual assistant. I didn't do it that way. So I want to be honest um, and clear, but I have a really, really strong administrative side. That's what, that's the business I've been in my entire life. So I didn't feel like I, I knew that those were tasks that I couldn't do. So I outsourced first to the areas that I was the weakest in. And a lot of times it's the administration. I happen to have a weird skill set. So uh, mine was a little bit different. But once you start to get some revenue coming in, some people are paying you for what you have. So you feel like you're onto something. Now you start to feel like it becomes lackluster. Like so, there's some emotional shift that happens where you're like, uh, this isn't everything I dreamt of. Like, is this, am I sure I should be doing this? Yeah. And we've all had those feelings. We've all processed those thoughts. But it's at that point, where I really think you as the business owner are ready to start scaling and remove yourself. And so the emotion that I hear from people is I'm ready for this to be easy again. <laughs> and it's, it's really the capacity, like you've burned yourself out. And so you're look, you need systems, people processes to come in, to help you with bringing that ease back in. And so I say hustle, do it on your own until you get to that point where one, you have revenue. Second of all, you really are looking for ease to make this work and to keep you in it longer. Mm -hmm. So on that note, actually, 
I want to give the listeners a few tips and like apps, programs, mantras, whatever that could be. What are maybe the top three, two or three programs or apps or things that you use daily to help your life or your business or both run more smoothly? And since you're the ops person, I feel like you're going to have some good ones on this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll give you the ones that work for me and everyone's business is really different. And it really comes back to where your gaps are, where your personal gaps are and where you're needing help. And so I am a big you know, systems person. And I really wanted the intake process to really be great. I was trying to attract high level clients who could afford and invest in a a really healthy way. So I knew that that experience had to be mat had to match that. And so I invested in Debsado. So that's one of the tools that I absolutely in unequivocally has changed and scale has allowed me to scale in this business for sure. The other thing, I am a huge, I mean, Acuity, this is again, another piece of technology, but Acuity has allowed me, and it doesn't matter what, if it's Acuity or Calendly or, you know, any of the other schedulers out there, but having a scheduler has allowed me, just like we were talking about earlier, has allowed me from a boundaries perspective to stay really within my own to execute on the goal that I have for myself, which is, Hey, I'm not going to work from this time to this time. And I'm going to be out by this time. And on this day, I'm not taking any, you know, client facing appointments. So having that scheduler, yes, it allows the client to schedule. I get that. But the other part is really self-serving. Like it protects me and I'm able to go in and say, you know what, I'm only going to record podcasts on this day. So I go in mentally more prepared. So that's, those those are two of the great tools. I will say the other resource that's been invaluable to me is our masterminds, whether those are peer led or I know this is a little bit different than talking about a tech tool, but no, it's anything that you use in your life that really helps out. So wildly over and beyond any, anything has been just the power of people, the power of human connection. And that has all come through masterminds. That's where I personally have been able to dive in the deepest. When I first started, it was obviously in you know, Facebook groups where I was kind of connecting and starting superficially to get to know people. And as I've dug in, trusted myself more, made brave recommendations, step, you know, just stepped out in faith, I've connected with the most awesome humans that have ever, that I have ever come across, you know, in the 43 years of my life. And when you're in the online space, like you and I are my, my hometown friends, they don't understand what I'm doing They're they're I'm sure they're curious, you know? <laughs> and so, and it's hard for us to have the same kind of conversation. And so these have been really not only business friendships, but real life personal friendships. And so hey. it's, I think that masterminds have been really everything. Awesome. Okay. And now to wrap up, I have my kind of question I like to ask everyone is what do you think your mom's superpower? So a superpower that you gained because you're a mom that makes you a better business person. Hmm, I'm going to say the focus on legacy. That's my number. I mean, it's, it's not really a I don't know if you can say it's a superpower, but it's maybe that mantra getting back to the last question, but (laughs) it's that one thing that I'm always talking to my kids about. I was never spoken to about legacy and it may have been happening in the background and maybe my mom didn't, you know, maybe she wasn't thinking this way and it wasn't, maybe it wasn't important. But for me, that is just something that has, I guess, feeling how I felt in corporate, which was not horrible. Like it's what I asked for. It's what I wanted, but knowing the difference and knowing the impact 
that living a legacy life can do for myself and for my kids is, is everything. And so we talk, you know, when they're, you know, when it's kind of helping them make decisions and helping them when their friends are crappy to them or when they're a crappy friend, we really talk about legacy a lot more. I can't say the word legacy to them because they totally roll their eyes at me, (laughs) but that's what it is. And, and my husband and I have both been on the journey of, we are going to raise solid 30 year olds. And so helping the kids do what they need to do to be good 30 year olds. That is the difference. That's what I do different than other people. I think. Oh, well, thank you so much, Natalie, for joining today. Can you tell us all where we can find you any other exciting news or stuff or just lay it out there? Awesome. I would love for your listeners to head over to the That's my website. You can also go to Facebook. That's the platform I'm on most. And again, that's the Ops Authority. Lastly, I would love for you, if you're a, po- obviously you're a podcast listener, but if you're <laughs> listening to podcasts and you're interested in operations, then I would encourage you to go to the podcast at theopsauthoritypodcast.com. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Power Mom Minute Podcast. Your support means the absolute world to me. You can find the show notes for the episode and other goodies over at powermomminute.com. And if you enjoyed this episode or have gotten value from the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so that we can reach and empower more moms all over the world together. Each week, I'll be reading some of those reviews on air. So stay tuned and you might just hear yours. Thank you so much again, beautiful mamas, and I'll see you here next time.